What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Tim Branion. Tim is the founder of True Fans LLC, which just surpassed 187,000-plus global users. The platform empowers a wide variety of content creators to earn residual and predictable income from their creative work online. Tim, along with his team, proudly develops technology that customers recommend, entrepreneurs prefer, and partners are proud of. He is also the COO of Logic Square LLC, the president of Branion Holdings LLC, an investor, proud United States Air Force combat veteran, husband, and father of two kids. Tim, welcome to the Extraordinary Man podcast. So great to have you on today. How are you doing? Ryan, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here, man. First of all, I actually want to take a minute to just to honor you because we were talking before we jumped on the show. You are an Air Force combat veteran. So first of all, let me just say thank you for your service. And uh, I would love to jump in and start with your backstory. Yeah, sure. And and I try to say this as much as I possibly can. Anybody that's out pursuing their own goals and dreams and setting up a foundation, like what you're doing, you're expressing yourself uh, and, and utilizing your freedom. So thank you. It's the number one way, in my opinion, that that civilians or people that were outside of the, the, the military can say thank you is by being... Um, being and doing, expressing themselves, right? Like through these awesome freedoms. So thank you. And um, yeah, it's awesome. The ripples that you're making. So my background, I grew up in the Midwest, uh, it's a blue collar town called Kokomo, Indiana. You'd fly right over it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't going anywhere fast in high school. I was a knucklehead hanging around with people. I was mostly focused on, you know, where the next party was going to be at, or, you know, I was focused on, on chasing the wrong things and no, no real clear direction, kind of waffling in life. Um, that led me towards being in trouble, getting in trouble. Right. And, uh, ultimately to my first place of restlessness and discontent, which in my life has always been the start to change. So I audited what I was doing. I audited myself. And I always had this belief that I could be successful um, and I was meant to do big things, but I didn't know exactly what those were going to be. So very primitively, I, I looked at my choices and I thought, uh, you know, the military was going to be this great choice for me. I didn't have a lot of money. My parents didn't have a lot of money. Um, I didn't know why I would go to school outside of partying and having a good time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this military thing. I'm going to hopefully travel. I'm going to hopefully learn some stuff and build up a resume. In my mind at this time, I was thinking about building up my resume so I could be sellable to companies and become a great employee so I could make money and live a lifestyle. I was looking at the benefits of joining the military I don't know how many people would be honest about that. Like I was genuinely looking at how it could benefit me versus like actual service. Maybe there's some dudes out there that were like, I'm going to go fight a war and I'm going to do this for America. That was not me. I was looking at how this could benefit my life um, more selfishly. And what I found joining was that uh, it changed my life. And it was, I was a part of something bigger than me and I learned and it refined me. And I, I owe the military and the department of defense and the brothers, sisters that I met there, you know, more than I could ever repay. It was an extraordinarily awesome decision for a conglomeration of reasons. 
Um, I went to good places, bad places, and it etched. It was the first kind of like iron sharpening of my young life. Um, you know, fast forward, I, I, I left active duty service and decided to go to, to college. I was pumped. I'd never done good in school and uh, was super depressed and burnt out because I felt like cattle. I was like, this is not what I expected. I, I'm trying to still, you know, shoot for the stars and become a success and, and you know, kind of keep this trajectory. And, and college for me was, uh, you know, a rough time. So I did well, but I was miserable. I jumped at the chance to go work overseas um, supporting the Department of Defense, but as a civilian. And I had an awesome time, traveled all around the planet, met awesome people. But then, you know, restlessness and discontent came again. And I was uh, making a ton of money, but absolutely unfulfilled and uh, miserable. I would like think about time and think about, and anytime I would see a quote about time, I would feel like disgusted and, and like knowing in my heart and my guts that, uh, I needed to do something different. I wanted to make like even part of the amount of money I was making, but I wanted to own my time. And I started to define like what wealth was for me at a very young age. Cause I knew at that point, and I didn't have to make millions, but I knew at that point that it wasn't money. And uh, it, it created this next discovery, which, which led me to technology. Um, I, dude, I wrote down everything from like hot dog stands to hookah bars, to clubs, to you name it. I, I thought through what could be this thing that I was going to do that would give me time and money to you know live my life. And uh, technology became this thing that just made sense. And I have no formal education as a software developer. I am not a, a software developer. Um, I just had a high level of belief that I could build something in the tech space, build an app and distribute it. Um, and, and find success in this industry. And through a lot of failure and uh, a crazy amount of stick to um, here I am today. And, and we're really pumped about the projects that we have. And, you know, I've since moved back home. I've got a beautiful wife and two amazing kids, gifts from God, uh, my, my true wealth. And I'm, you know, right now, presently, I'm, I'm trying to live in the moment. I'm trying to be grateful for everything. I'm trying to, to realize that life is a gift, um, despite all the, what the news will tell you, despite, you know, all the things that are happening around us, um, you know, to take a second and feel, take a second and breathe, take a second and pray. Um, and uh, that's, that's helping me enjoy. And, uh, you know, I th I'm in a good place now with that. So that's where we're at now. I'm excited about the future. And uh, pumped to be here with you, Ryan. That's awesome. So I, I know we're going to dig into what you're up to uh, nowadays here in a little bit, but you mentioned defining what wealth is for you. And obviously it's, it's not really money. So how would you define wealth for yourself right now? Yeah. So for me, it's fulfillment and fulfillment for me, right. It, it is falling in line with what I believe is my responsibility. You know, my response to my ability, doing what I can with what I have right where I'm at. And so for me, part of, a lot of that is getting out of my own way and giving myself permission to be, to realize that I'm made from the, I'm made from the same substance that binds galaxies. I am, I'm a, I am a child of the creator and giving myself permission to be bold in that. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and progress knowing that, um, that's, that's, you know, a challenge, I think, for everybody. 
Um, but specifically that's what, uh, you know, that's, that's, what's motivating. I would love to dive in a little bit more. You mentioned how uh, joining the military for you was such a great choice. I'm curious, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from your time in the military? Yeah, uh, there's so there's so many. Um, one is ownership. Before I joined the military, dude, it was everything, everybody else's fault except my own. It was just like this natural thing that if something happened and it was unfortunate, I, I just immediately without even almost thinking impulsively would just be like, well, it was because of this or this person did this, or it was, well, you know, nah. the military taught me. It's just the culture that you just own it, dude. If you screw up, if something didn't work right, if something fell apart, something broke, some, whatever happened, own it. Even if it's not your thing directly, like when you have subordinates, you have people that fall under you that you take care of and they screw up. Guess whose fault that is? It's yours. You eat it. You wear it. Um, so I think that's that was a big lesson was just to take ownership of 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 it all and grow from it. And the beauty of that, what I've seen in business, you know, it happened genuinely today. I owe her name's Patty Pavey. She's one of my coaches and mentors. I missed a meeting today, and I and I you know I screwed up. I have no excuse. So by her grace, right, she let me go for it. But the first thing I did when I went into her office today was say, I have absolutely no excuse, Patty. I feel bad, but I don't have anything that I could even say outside of, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I didn't have my alert set. The only thing I can do is improve from this in the future. What a phenomenal, and I know that that's different, but it's the best way to, to you know, find at least what I've found, just being genuine and, you know, ownership. So that's, that's probably a big lesson. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I know a lot of people struggle with that. And uh, it's not easy, I think, especially for men to, to own up to things. And I've got to imagine that that has been incredibly helpful for you in your marriage too, because that's a big issue for a lot of people in marriage is people not taking ownership. So. Well, I never take ownership when it comes to my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 she, uh, She's awesome, man. We've been having some really cool talks recently and she's just rad. I, I'm finding out more and more how smart my wife is. And it's been really cool to have some, I call them nerd conversations with her and, and just her interjections in my business and just helping me with organization. And, you know, she's, uh, she, she's wise and it's, it's cool to have that blessed. Absolutely. I feel the same way. My wife, Brittany, is also an entrepreneur, has a business similar to mine. And we love just having conversations and speaking to each other about our business and, and what's going on. So that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, absolutely. Very blessed. So you're very successful in business now, but could you tell us about one of uh, your maybe your biggest failures in business and what you learned from it? Oh, yeah. Those are the fun. That's That's where it's all at. That's where you... I look at like business can be associated to the gym really well. If you're not failing and like hitting, hitting these moments when your, your arms are weak or you know, you're not, you're not developing your ability to be worth millions of dollars. In my opinion, that's why so many people that win the lottery end up screwed because, you know, they can't handle the weight because they didn't lift it. Right. They didn't go through the trials, tribulations and such. So uh, for me, man, I failed I've failed for years and I've failed for hundreds of thousands of dollars and I've failed uh, where most people would quit. I have not. I, I, I tried to solve a problem. That's another thing I think the military helped me to develop is uh, finding the solution, finding the, fixing the puzzle, uh, looking at things in a different area. Things don't work. Adapt and overcome is a, is a military saying. 
adapt and overcome it. And business is all about that. I think that's what makes veterans or, you know, athletes and, and people that, that do well in business. Um, that's an attribute they have is to figure it out. Uh, don't do the whole woe is me thing very long. You can cry a little bit. I've cried. <laughs> you know, I think, I don't, I don't know if, you know, if other people have, but I've definitely been down and kicked and it's a roller coaster, but the people that stick and stay, you know, they'll earn their pay. And I think that's true in a lot of different aspects of it. So, you know, I, I can tell you a specific, one of my software tools that we were really pumped about building, um, we learned a ton with it. it took an entire year. We spent over a hundred thousand some odd dollars and nothing to show for it other than the, the learning experiences and the, the directional change that needed to take place. And a lesson that I took from it is, you know, I'm super empathetic. I love people. I'm a, I'm, I like to think I'm a nice guy and I deeply care. What harmed my business was my indecision to take the wrong person. Let's see to take the person out of the game to put in a winning quarterback, if you will, in a certain role. And because I saw that person of what they could be versus what they're actually producing, it took a long time. So I didn't want to hurt feelings. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, break up relationships because I deeply care. But at the same time, you know, in hindsight, I, I look back at that and realized that we wasted time and we hurt a multitude of other people in the direction of that goal in business, that vehicle that could have been launched because of who I needed to become that I wasn't yet. And so, you know, you can always take things from the, the learning or the, the, the failures. You should fail fast enthusiastically. So yeah, that's one experience of, yeah. of hundreds. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a great example. And same for me, many, many failures. And I don't even like to call them failures. I call them learning experiences, right? Because that's really what it is. And I mean, you have to take action and basically course correct. That's what business is, right? You're going to take action. It's not going to work out the first time, probably not the first several many times, right? Correct. And, and you know that too. But if you stay in the game, like you said, I think what you said, uh, let's see, I wrote it down. Stick and stay in the game and earn your pay. Or something. Yeah, stick, and stay, stick and stay, earn your pay. There you go. Yeah, I, I love stay that. Stay and you'll earn your pay. Yeah. Never heard um, that before, but that's a good phrase. Yeah, it's tr- dude, it's so profoundly true. Um, because who you become in the process of sticking and staying is who you ultimately need to become in order to to earn it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, like you said, business is a roller coaster. And I think that's the probably the greatest personal development you can have is going through the ups and downs of of running a business or trying to start and launch a business because it is definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. All right. I, I'd love to get a few strategies from you, if you would mind sharing for how people could get more customers in their business. Love it. So I, I'm always testing new things. So I think that's one nugget I can give you is always be testing different methodologies for new client acquisition. Um, one thing that I've done really well, I'm really good at bootstrapping. I don't know if that's because I grew up poor and like finding a cost-effective but effective solution. So, so one thing I could give away is um, we created a system to get customers through to, to my platform, true fans by utilizing virtual assistants. These are people that, that uh, are from the Philippines. They have exceptional work ethics, but the process is we would buy pre-built Instagram accounts and turn them into billboards. I can't remember the name of the website off the top of my head, but we bought pre-built Instagram accounts. And then we made them look like billboards essentially, where it's not like one, one-off photos. It's a conglomeration of photos that creates a message. I don't know if 
that's a good way of describing it. Uh, and then all these, so every Instagram account was assigned to a virtual assistant. That virtual assistant was given a task to send out, uh, you know, scripted DMs. Um, but with that, uh, they were, you know, to be actually using internet etiquette. When they send out a DM, they're supposed to actually look at the person's profile, find something that they admire about it and inject it into the script to get their attention and bypass the noise on Instagram, right? Like they, the goal is to spark a conversation. So after that conversation is sparked, these people were, were just send out 50 DMs a day minimum. And once that conversation is sparked, they would let a team manager know. And that team manager's job is to convert that conversation into a sent invitation, if that person meets the criteria, and schedule a welcome call to help them get the most out of the platform. Very much hands-on. Like tech companies, I don't know if they, they do that. We do. It's been really good. Um, and it helps us get in front of more people. That's one strategy. Now, the complexity is finding the right virtual assistant. Um, so a website that I use, and I'll share my link with you if you want, but it's, it's onlinejobs.ph. It is, I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it is direct access to, to the Philippine um, workers there. And a lot of them are highly skilled, but what you do, a strategy that I used is, uh, creating my job listing and, you know, all that needs to, to be obviously aligned with the job position you're trying to fill. And then at the bottom, I would put a math question and say mandatory, uh, what is seven times three, whatever it is. And anybody, because there's hundreds of applicants that submit, but a lot of them are bots and nonsense. So to save myself time, anybody that didn't do the mandatory thing, there's no math question. Okay, delete, 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 move on, move on. Anybody that did, cool. I, I asked them some series of questions, you know, uh, what's, your, what's your internet speed? What kind of technology do you have? Um, you know, it, what, what's your home or your office environment like? Tell me about your experience, all these different things. And then after somebody was, was able to answer questions well, um, then I would set up meetings where I'm doing Zooms just like you know, this, where we're on and I'm, I'm hearing how they speak. I'm asking maybe those same questions again, and I'm, I'm, I'm trusting but verifying their technology, their internet speed, their background. And uh, yeah, from there, you make a decision on, on who you think the best fit is. And then you've got a great virtual assistant and excellent price that you're just hard to beat. And um, that person is as good as your training. So your ability to train that person, and I use video-based training because it just works the best. If I can show you what I need you to do, and then you know we have an agile way to communicate back and forth, like through group message, et cetera. You can ask questions. I've got an open door. Um, we've had a lot of success with that. So I don't want to go too deep into all that. Hopefully that helps some folks with some ideas on how they can keep costs low while you know mitigating some of the daily grind or a new client acquisition system. It's a great method, but it's going to require a little bit of effort to, to find your right people and get them to where they need to be. Yeah, that's good. I, I love the math question that's mandatory at the, at the bottom. That sounds like a great way to, to weed out a lot of people. Yeah, it works. I also love you talking about uh, making videos for systems and processes. I, I think that is also genius. Uh, but let's switch gears here a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about your business, True Fan. So first of all, let's start with, you know, what do you think is wrong with traditional social media today? Yeah. Excellent question. Um, that's actually where everything started. We looked at uh, what's up and you know, we never really set out to have great ideas. We just are good at seeing what's not making people happy. What's a bummer. So the bummer is right now is freedom of speech is being diminished. You know, people are being disabled and shut down if, if they have opposing beliefs and ideas, which sucks. Uh, also, you know, people are being demonetized 
for various things, whether they have explosions in their videos that, you know, they, they, you know, maybe are weapons trainers or tacticians, uh, a whole conglomeration of reasons. Reach is being diminished by algorithms and it's hard to build communities on various platforms uh, for all those reasons and some algorithms. Most, most traditional social medias are making money through ads and you have to pay to play to get the engagement and get the reach to your own list, which is strange. I think it's outdated. And we had the idea to, you know, for, we, we didn't have the original idea. The original idea was already had, I think it was probably Patreon that had the original idea. It's phenomenal to give creators control, give them a channel, give them an opportunity to be in control of their audience, disseminate their message and get paid to post through subscriptions, through you know, pay-per-view unlockable content, donations, gifts, pledges, going live, and uh, you know, giving them this reach that they deserve. And we as a platform take a percentage in lieu of being the infrastructure, right? The, the, the customer support, tech support, the servers, all the stuff that most people don't know how to do, <laughs> like you know, managing the, the tech side, the, the geek squad. Um, we are that for our creators. And uh, you know, looking at our competitors, we we saw that, you know. The majority of these bigger name platforms were open to the adult industry. And we saw that as an opportunity to not be. We were going to be a home for folks that would love to have a membership site, but didn't want to be associated to the adult industry. And we were like, cool, this is going to be the place where you know, we're 100% invite only. Um, you have to either be invited by someone that's in, or you can apply at our website, or you know, they'll have to go to this, through somebody like you, Ryan, to gain, to gain access. And uh, you know, we could do things like have additional features and functionality. We could do instant payments. We just launched that, which we're geeked about because it's instant payments. As soon as you earn your, your money, you can receive it out um, through the platform. And uh, we're working on an NFT project right now, which will simplify the way that somebody can upload an image, video, document, et cetera, into a token and then sell that native through the platform or distribute it out, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. And we're just pumped. We're listening with the intent to engineer. We're, we're hoping to connect with more nonprofits. We're hoping to connect with more uh, influencers and in various industries. And we're, uh, we're pumped about where the direction of the space is going. And um, yeah, that's kind of where we are now. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's genius. And also even the way that you differentiate yourself from other sites that are similar to you. But I'm curious, what would you say is like the vision for your business? Where do you want to take it? Uh, so long-term, we imagine having millions of creators all over the planet that are using us as the most logical choice platform for their brand, their channel. And I imagine this technology that, that we've built, because I'm thinking about it from an architectural standpoint, we have all the, the code. This code can be used for big nonprofits. We could change the way that a big nonprofit is empowering their, let's say, missionaries and you know, collecting income and payments to those missionaries simultaneously showing the results of what that money is doing for the organization or that individual that is that has supporters making pledges. So my in my head like a, an impact like taking this from profit to purpose is is kind of where my head goes and then I've got goals now. I didn't have money goals recently. I'm not really motivated by money, but but now, you know, I'd like to exit for 100 million at some point and then I've advocated like or allocated where that money will go to in like other passion projects. I don't need much, man. I live in Kokomo, Indiana, you know, like we're good. I'm blessed, but you know, I want to, I want to build stuff with cool people. And, uh, you know, 
get around some different missions. So that's, that's kind of where I see it long-term. That's awesome. I love the the phrase you mentioned there, profit to purpose, uh, because money, right, is not really going to make you fulfilled in the long term. And we already talked about that a little bit. But so for somebody who is brand new to this, they're like, okay, true fans, what is this? Like, how can I use this to monetize my content? What would you say to them? Yeah. So it depends on, you know, what sort of stuff they're making or who their community is. You know, if they're, uh, you know, let's just take a use case. If they are a chef, right? They're somebody that's making food content recipes. Uh, you know, they're they're teaching people how to cook, maybe in a variety of different ways, or maybe it's a specialized thing. You really don't have to change what you're doing already if you're giving that stuff away. You just give less away on your Instagram, YouTube, etc., and then you give the more special stuff away in the inside of your membership channel. The people that are subscribed to you, helping you live out this thing that you enjoy doing. Um, you're going to get paid for your information. You're going to get paid for, uh, you know, the special recipes that you're giving out or the, you know, the communication that you're able to give to your audience through our messaging portal, right? It becomes this environment where it's your, it's your buyers, your true, right? Fans. <laughs> so, you know, and you can take that same use case across, you know, musicians, you know, you can take it across uh, comedians, there's a wide variety of various types of content creators, coaches, um, et cetera, that could, could benefit from, you know, having a, a channel. Awesome. So who would you say is this best for? Is it best for people that already have a really big audience? Is it okay for people if they're just starting out or if they have a smaller audience? So what's crazy is we've seen people with millions of followers do less, uh, not not do as good as somebody with like 5,000, 10,000. And I think if you have an audience of people that that know, like, and trust you, they, they're actually rocking with you. It doesn't really matter the number per se, you know, or you can do the math. What's, if, if you have 500 people that are your real, they rock with you, you know, do 500 times 999, you know, 500 times 10, that's your monthly income. That's a really good you know, it's, it's a pretty good income for most people. So it, it's less about the number and more about the connection. But uh, I think it's for anybody that has belief and is willing to work. There's no such thing as something for nothing. We, we've got a really cool infrastructure. But if you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like one. If you treat it like a hobby, it'll pay you like one. So if you come into this and you have interest in joining, I think like having some belief in yourself is important. And then crafting strategies to to sell the result or the thing that you do to it, to an audience is, is going to help. But there is no, like, if you want to know our targeting, we're going after people with a minimum of 10,000 followers, but um, yeah, if somebody's interested in becoming that they can, it's not a deal breaker, but uh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what about in terms of, of pricing? Do you have limits on how much people can charge? And have you found kind of a, a sweet spot? I'm sure it depends on the industry and person, all that, but definitely there's various strategies mixed into pricing. A lot of people struggle with pricing because they don't, they need to hear this. And, and what I'm getting ready to say is important. I think if you are somebody that is a creator, focus less on like just price. Like, what am I going to set? Focus on the results you're able to give. You're paid in direct proportion, your ability to solve problems and give results. And if you focus on the thing that, that you specialize at, the result that you're able to give people, that's what you're pricing. And that's what you're you know, creating inside of your communities and what you should be focusing on giving away. So we don't have limitations on what somebody can charge. Some of our competitors have it capped at like $100 or something for like their, their stuff. Ours is 
It could be a thousand, it could be 5,000, it could be 10 um, to your channel. And then additionally, you know, as far as subscription prices go, it could be a dollar, it could be all the way up to a hundred dollars a month, whatever they choose. It's just, you know, what sort of strategy are they trying to do here? Are they trying to get more people in through the subscription and then have upsells internal of their channel? Or are they trying to get less people in, right, for a higher subscription price to create more of an exclusive a mastermind sort of community potentially just depends. Yep. Makes sense. All right. I would love to know, what would you say are some of your best practices or best habits? Um, one of them right now, we already kind of briefly talked about, like it's becoming a new habit where I just stop throughout the day and, you know, kind of put everything aside and just pray. And, and my form of prayer is realizing that I'm right here and I'm doing this with my fingers. I don't know if people see this or not, but like, you know, here I am, I'm here in life and I breathe, you know, and just like realize that things are are happening right now. And I am, I am in it and I become grateful for that. So like, that's, that's a habit that I'm starting to form and it's helping me with clarity. It's helping me, you know, reduce anxiety and various stresses that happen in business and life. And then, uh, yeah, just recently I got a coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I think taking time to slow down, especially for entrepreneurs, business owners is a big thing. It's not always easy to do, but that sounds like a, a great habit. And and coaching, of course, I am a coach, but I remember when I hired my first coach too, the, the profound impact that that had on me. All right. Last question for you here. What is your definition of an extraordinary man? My definition of an extraordinary man is, I think it's a lot of different things, but uh, integrity yeah, this comes from the military. These are core values that I snagged from the military, but they're important to me. And I, and I think that an extraordinary man has them. Integrity, service before self mentality, and excellence in what they do. Those are three things that they're very easily said. They're hard to act on continually, you know, but integrity, service before self and excellence. Those are, those are three attributes that an extraordinary man has. That's really good simple, but like you said, it's uh, much easier said than done on those three. For sure. All right. Well, this has been amazing. Tim, where can people go to find out more about you and true fans? What's the best place to go for that? Yeah. So uh, if you, you can Google Tim Branyan, B-R-A-N-Y-A-N. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. Uh, YouTube just started that. I'm, I'm literally just starting to build my personal brand. So timbranion.com should be live by the time that this airs. So they can go there. Um, if they've got questions, they want to check out even more in depth about me and such. Um, and then true fans, if you want to apply you can go to truefans.com and click on become a creator, you can apply there. Um, and then I'm going to give Ryan access. So in any event, um, he feels that you're a great fit. He can also invite you in and there's some, some benefit there as well, some referral commission that'll pass his way to help him fund what he's doing. So we'll, I know I just now said that we didn't talk about that before, but I'll give you access and you can help other folks uh, get involved if they're interested in doing that. Perfect. I'll make sure there are links to all that down below, but uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me, man. And uh, yeah, appreciate you. My mission is to help men grow their business and become the man God created them to be in every area of their life. If you got value from this episode, please go leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes if you believe the show is worthy of that. This show is 100% free and I have no advertisers. I plan to keep it that way. But in order to reach and impact new people, I count on you guys to leave ratings and reviews and to share 
with friends and family and people that you believe could be impacted from this message as well. So I would greatly appreciate if you would take the time to share this with at least one person, whether that's texting someone, emailing it to them, taking a screenshot of the show and sharing it on Facebook or Instagram, feel free to tag me in the post. And together we can create even more impact and reach even more people. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man Podcast. Here's the thing, you're never going to maximize your potential on your own. So I'm personally inviting you to come and join me in the private Extraordinary Man Facebook group so you can level up your business and your life. Just head over to Facebook and type Extraordinary Man into the search box and it will show up as the first result. Iron sharpens iron and this is the number one place for you to connect with me and other like-minded men who are on a mission to maximize their potential. My goal is to help you become the man God created you to be in all areas of your life. So come and join us in the Facebook group and upgrade your business and your life. I'll see you on the next episode.